This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. Splash Refresher spices up my daily water intake by putting fun and hydration in one. Because as a mom, I already have my hands full. Every Splash Refresher flavor is delicious, bright, flavorful, and zero calories. I don't waste time on flavorless water I don't enjoy. I just drink Splash and I like it. My favorite flavor is the lemon. It really does taste like lemonade. My favorite is the mandarin orange flavor. There's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Welcome to this episode of Childproof by Betches Media. I'm Gwenna Lathland. And I'm Tori Phantom. This podcast is dedicated to all the parents who have mastered the 32 ways to not let your kids see that you're laughing at them. <laughs> and to the parents like me with absolutely no self-control and just bust a gut because they did something wrong, but really funny. <laughs> I mean, can you do both? Can you do both? Okay. I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> all of a sudden, you're... you're terribly thirsty and just yeah, that can is in right. front of your mouth <laughs> hang on i gotta change my sweater <laughs> just holding it in front of your face <laughs> right and you're not doing anything about the sound right <laughs> just cough, so i'm trying to catch my breath <laughs> <laughs> i'm 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 bad uh let's start the timer okay so i get this question all the time because for every person that watches us on social media, every person that watches us on YouTube, for every one who has children, there is probably one who is childless. They're either child free by choice or they are very young and learning stuff that maybe their parents have struggled to help them with. So the question I get constantly, and I am such an ass when I answer it, is when did you know you were ready to have kids? Because my answer is always, I knew I was ready to have kids when the pregnancy test came back positive. Uh, That was it. That was the moment that I knew, okay, I guess motherhood is next. Uh, What about you? When when did you know, Tori, that Uh, you were ready to have kids? Say when my oldest kid was like three. <laughs> no, I uh, same same. I was a teen mom. It wasn't like I planned yeah. for that, you know. But I yeah. I found out that I was going to to be a mom, and I was like, ah, now is the time, I suppose. I guess <laughs> this is what's going to happen. This is what has happened. <laughs> um, because here's here's the honest truth: is if you had told twenty one year old Gwenna where forty year old Gwenna was going to be with a podcast, a successful podcast, thanks to all of our listeners, a platform on parenting, a book coming out on how to try to not fuck up your kid. 21-year-old Gwen would have been like, bullshit. (laughs) That means we had a kid. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck off right now. Yeah. Yeah. I never (laughs) wanted to have kids. This was like when I was a kid. Okay. And this is very much Mm -hmm. like a Tori has childhood trauma moment. Uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, right? Because we we don't get to pick how mm-hmm. our parents raise us. Right. And when you are a child, how your parents decide to raise you is you kind of think that's just how all parents this is, are. This is what it is. This is just everyone's experience. You don't have that mm-hmm. cognitive ability to consider that there's other possibilities. Right. And so from the time I was like a young child, I was like, I don't want to have kids because one, I don't want a child to feel about me the way I feel about my parents. I don't want a child Mm -hmm. to feel how I do. And, and I think this is very much because I could not comprehend that the way I was parented was a like choice 
they were yeah. making, I thought that like no one would choose to be this way. And yeah. so I thought if I became a parent, that something would change in me and I wouldn't mm-hmm. be the good, nice person that I knew I was, that I would somehow become like a monster. So I I didn't want to have kids because I thought that was inevitable. Mm-hmm. And then I got pregnant as a teenager. So, you know, things change. See, and as I was... As a kid, I never really played Barbie, Barbie babies. Like I played with Barbies, but they had intricate, like world saving superhero scenarios that they had to live through. They were not playing house and husband and wife. Yeah. It just, it wasn't a big draw in my childhood. I didn't like playing house with my friends. Yeah. I wanted to play Jurassic Park with my friends and I did not want to be Ellie. I I was not into the playing house, having the baby dolls. Yeah. It just, it just now, never, it, it wasn't for me. It wasn't my thing. Well, and then prior to becoming pregnant as a surprise, thanks biology, I, I was staunchly child-free by choice because in that time, I was a sophomore in high school at 9-11. And then from 9-11, we just ramped rapidly downward. I'm not saying things were great at 9-11. This is not a his- history lesson. It's just the world that I was looking at very much felt like it had plenty of people and could I in good conscience bring a child into this absolute bullshit? And for the longest time, my answer was no until my ovaries and uterus and my ex-husband's dick betrayed me, (laughs) got together and they're like, no, no, bitch, you were meant to be a mom, cope. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. I totally support child-free by choice. And it's also, I think, important to to just touch on that we are pro-choice here. So there, there's still child-free by choice if you have the same scenarios that Gwenna and I had. We totally support that. I just I just that's important to to be clear here about. Uh <laughs> It was a consideration that when when I'm standing in the bathroom holding five sticks I just peed on. You pee on so many things when you first find out you're pregnant because you're like, am I though? Like, let me let me just keep dumping money into pee sticks. It's been 20 minutes, but I feel like I can pee a little more again. I'm just going to go ahead and do it again. (laughs) I'm just going to. Yeah, we're we're just going to keep doing doing this. Now, all that said, I still feel like I have to caveat because the internet culture is a thing. I am super glad I made the choices that I made, but there were choices that I made. And so I joke that, oh, well, I knew I was ready to be a mom when the pregnancy test came back positive. Actually, I knew I was ready to be a mom when the thought of terminating the pregnancy was decided upon. No. I'm not going to do that. Yes. I'm going to keep this baby. Very similar for me. And and so when it comes to child-free by choice, we staunchly support those people for for any any reason that you don't want to become a parent, that you don't want to bring a child in the world. It is all valid. We're here for valid. it. Valid. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's not even that. I feel like the child-free by choice crowd is constantly shit upon, oh, you'll never know happiness if you don't know the love of being a parent or, oh, you're so selfish. It's I think so it's, selfish. I think it's selfless to be a child, child-free by choice person. Uh, and, and it's really because if you look at the option of starting a family, having children, and you're thinking, I don't want to bring a child into this world because this world is chaos. I don't want to bring a child into this world because I don't think I'd be a good parent. I think that is selfless because you are not bringing a child into the world that is not going to have the support they need or whatever. You know, like you are making a good decision and and your choice is valid. It's good. It's you're allowed to make it. 
<laughs> yeah. Whether you cite resources, finances, the emotional labor of creating, birthing, and raising a child, personal, professional goals, it, it doesn't, I don't care why you have chosen to not experience parenthood. And I'm choosing that way, that wording specifically. You're choosing not to experience parenthood. You're choosing not to take on a lifetime of obligation, a lifetime of obligation. Because right. li- you don't stop being a parent because right. your kids are grown, right? Right. Like You're still a parent. I have a complicated relationship with my parents and I still call them sometimes, you know? Right. Like, does it, just, because, just because your child is out of the house doesn't mean you're done being a parent. And that's not for everybody. And that's okay. We, we support that crowd. The capacity to look at your life and know that there is no room for adding a child and not being willing to make room to add a child because society says you're supposed to fucking breed. I, it's astounding. I respect the fuck out of people who can conscientiously be like, no, kids are not for me. I love them for other people. I will be the best auntie, uncle, funkle, gunkle, auntie, (laughs) love it. All of them. Yeah. And even for those of you who are like, no, keep your kids the fuck away right. from me. For people who choose to stay in child-free spaces, that's also yeah. valid. Uh, but there's but, a but. We're, we're, there's a but. There's a but. We wanted to start with the nice part. <laughs> we love you if you don't want kids. Yes. I kind of want to donkey kick you if you actively hate on the presence of children yeah. on the planet. Yeah. And if you just like have a distaste for kids, that's an inside thought. Okay. Like that's fine. Again, it's cool. But don't be mean to children. I, I feel like that's the podcast is over. That's it. Just all right, be- all done. <laughs> Stop being shitty that kids exist. All right, bye. Right, right. <laughs> we need you to email us at childproof. <laughs> Leave us a rating. It helps. So no, but like I feel like there is this fine line, and it's not even necessarily child free by choice who hate children. No, no, I don't. I think they're separate crowds. I think that it's like a Venn diagram. Yeah, it could yeah. Be a like, are there some child free by choice that are like, oh my God, kids should never exist. Bitch, you were a child at one point. And then there's there's a whole other crowd like, oh no, I want to have kids someday, but my kids will never act like that. To which I respond. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I remember which, that. <laughs> there's There's no such thing as a perfect parent unless you don't have kids yet support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you're on the move. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash childproof. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash childproof. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It's targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. We love to see it. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash childproof. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash childproof. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. Shape your life with Honeylove. 
If you're a wine lover, I'm going to let you in on a little secret for finding your new favorite wines. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your wine preferences that are as unique as you are. To start, I answered a few quick questions on their website about what flavors I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé. Based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored, so I get more of what I enjoy. I really love how First Leaf tailors to my needs, and I really like cooking with wine, so I found so many different flavor profiles to include through First Leaf. Besides the great wines, the best part of the First Leaf Wine Club is the perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge and can choose when and how often I want my box delivered. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com childproof to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L. L-E-A-F dot com slash childproof. Try com slash childproof. So there is an article on The Cut about friendships and spawning. We we read that article. We, we read that article on The Cut. We have some feelings. We have some, bi- <laughs> we have some big feelings that we have regulated through. We've co-regulated. <laughs> <laughs> so... In this article, and here's the thing is it was a really fascinating perspective. It was written by a person who does not have children. I do not know if they are a child free by choice or if they are awaiting to make that choice. Right. Or... That's not important. We're just going to focus on what was written. <laughs> they do not have children and they were really closely and thoroughly examining the relationships as they changed as their friends began to make families and have children and adopt children that were in fostering with them. Like as their friends began to move to new stages and sections of their life, the author of this article was really taking a look at how that impacted the friendships. And she did an okay job not making it very much about herself and sort of looking at the broader scope of things, trying to make sure that she was looking at, it's fucking hard being a new parent. Yes. Your schedule is dictated by when this baby eat, sleeps, shits, cries, laughs, is awake. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You have almost no autonomy as an adult with an infant. At least that's what it feels like, especially if you're on the outside looking in. Right. Right. And that's when when I was reading this article, I thought it was interesting because yes, this is written from the perspective of someone who is doesn't have children and is watching people have children. And I feel like the the context that is missing is that it I would have rather read a article that's a conversation about it because yeah. Yes, you, your friendship is being impacted because your friend had a kid. But what about mom? And, and not to say that mom's feelings are more important. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that two things can be important at the same time. And so when I was reading this article, it felt very much like, mm, I hate babies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it wanted to tiptoe in some of the, some of the, the words that were chosen and I'm sure they were chosen for the dramatic impact as a writer myself. I get it. Sometimes you choose some more inflammatory words to hook people in. This is just, it's writing 101, but she referred to having an infant as the dark days, the dark ages where were cave dwellers who were just fucking milk cows with tits hanging out and 
this is not how she described it, but she did say dark days and that immediately no, triggered an imagery. <laughs> well, definitely. And here's the thing. I think when you are a new parent, you could totally vibe with the idea of it being like the dark ages. However, what, when you have a kid, right? When you are pregnant, what happens? All the attention is on you. How are you feeling, mom? How is it going? Oh, get your sleep now, right? And the second baby is born. You are no longer you important. stop existing and, as a human being. And it's not that, again, it's not that mom's feelings should be more important than babies, but mom's feelings matter too. There are such huge hormonal changes and you are having a lack of sleep. And this is this huge life adjustment. And perhaps, hear me out, perhaps parents could get out of these dark ages and back into their community faster if they were offered support, if people were helping to meet mom's needs instead of leaving mom on their own to take care of themselves and baby. And maybe we could come out of the, the dark ages sooner. And if, if we had the support, if mom's needs are met, they can better meet baby's needs and we can make it through that transitional period faster. Well, that's one of the things that the internet writ large tends to complain about is this lack of the village. Where is this village that mm -hmm. I was promised? Because it takes a village to raise the kids, right? It does. And what, where I think we're at culturally as a society, especially a Western society, um, we're at a place where we don't have a village because the village the person who wrote that article and was like, I'm so sad that my friends are evolving in a place that I cannot for various reasons go. Your feelings are valid, sis, but maybe go fucking pick that kid up and tell mom to take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe mom would have energy to leave the house after. Right. That is still like a, a valid sign of friendship. Um, and again, that's where it wanders into, well, I'm child-free by choice. I don't want to have children of my own. Okay. But if you've made a friendship who one party has valued making a family, having children of their own, and you have not valued that, that might be a sign that it's time that your pathway split and it is sad to lose a friendship, but that mom cannot be for you because you cannot be for her. Right. A friendship is reciprocal. And so when kids are introduced, like, sure, that's an adjustment period for everyone. Right. But I, I don't think going hands off and well, I'll talk to you when your kid's older. It's so it's so isolating. And I understand, too, how complicated it can be when someone has a kid and you've never been around kids and you're like, I don't really know what to do with this. Well, and sometimes there's others. So I struggled with something called secondary infertility. So secondary infertility is where you seemingly have no trouble conceiving any number of children before you try for an additional pregnancy, a second, third or fourth. Um, and all of a sudden it's not happening. Mm -hmm. Everything seems fine medically. Everything seems fine according to the labs. You are doing the tracking and the testing and the, by all methodology, you should be getting pregnant and you're not. From the time that Jack and I started trying to have a baby to the point that we spontaneously conceived twins um, was for almost five years. Even though I had zero problems, zero fucking problems getting pregnant with Abby. <laughs> Okay. But I had secondary infertility. And at the time that I was experiencing this, I had a very close friend who was also having secondary infertility struggles. I got pregnant first. And I immediately, I knew once I realized, oh, 
I'm going to have to tell Amanda that I'm pregnant. I knew what that would do because I had experienced that with other people in my secondary infertility support groups. I'm pregnant. Just stab in the gut. Just rip my heart out and feed it to the dogs for what you just said hurt me so fucking much. So I knew when I had to tell Amanda, this is it. I don't know if the friendship is going to survive this because I don't know if I would survive the friendship if the roles were reversed, if she told me that she got pregnant first. And we had a really good relationship, but the emotional pain of me getting what she wanted, I understood intimately. And sure enough, we drifted. And she did eventually conceive. She did eventually have a healthy, beautiful little girl. Our friendship never recovered. Yeah. And, and that's just devastating. So it's, it's, but I think it's, it's more than just, oh, I don't want kids or I'm not a village. Yeah. There's so many complicated reasons. Right. And when we're talking about friendships and having children, there are so many reasons that a friendship might dissolve. And I don't want to say it's anyone's fault. It's it's not on either side. It just is more complicated. But that's a thing that you you hear a lot from people who really kind of don't like kids. And that's just like a weird thing to me. Have you talked to a seven-year-old? Like, you're going to go on a wild ride, man. It's, <laughs> who knows what they're going to say to you? It's going to get weird. It's hilarious. But as a teen mom, one thing that I've heard from a lot of folks that I've met in my life is, do you feel like you missed out? Like, do you feel like you missed mm. out on your 20s? Do you feel like you missed out because you didn't get to do this, that, and the other? And I'm like, no, I, I don't. Because <laughs> I never experienced that. I, I didn't have friends that were into that life. Like, I was a teenager. I was in a transitional period. So it was like after high school where I didn't have friends anyway. And then I now was pregnant and I was really kind of on my own. And so it wasn't like I lost friends I, I didn't have any. Yeah. <laughs> didn't have any to lose. And so when I look back at that time, I, I don't feel like I missed out on anything. And even in that time in my life, I didn't feel like I was missing out because I did have friends who didn't have kids. And they knew, especially during the time I was a single mom, like I couldn't go out. I didn't have anybody to watch her. So they would just come to my house. It was colloquially known as Tory PM. Because they knew like it was I would hang out and I was in mom mode. And then once I got my baby to bed, I was myself again. And that is the thing is I can see how when someone has a baby, it kind of rocks the boat. And you're like, where's my friend? They're there. They're tired. They're they're there. They're tired. They're there. But I would caution. So becoming a parent is one of those things that there is no possible way for me to help you understand the changes that you're going to experience. I can describe the physical changes yeah, because a lot happens to a pregnant person's body. Yeah. Um, I can describe those and they'll make as much sense as they can until you've experienced it. Um, I never want to feel round ligament pain ever again. Never in my ever life. Again. I'm so good. If you don't know what round ligament pain is, you haven't had a child yet. And that's fine. You that's don't need fine. that information. But that's, again, that's one of those things where you're like, well, because I know you're going here with the you are never going to be the same person as you were beforehand. Right. And I've heard that so many times, but that is not a thing I can relate to because I was a teenager. I was a child who had a child. So there wasn't a before time. I had just gotten out of high school. It wasn't like I had established all of these relationships in this adult life. I grew up 
while raising a baby. And so there wasn't like, of course, I was totally different because I grew up. I don't know how much of that is because of parenting, but that's something where there's not like a before I had kids as an adult that doesn't exist for me. (laughs) See, and I was, I was barely an adult, but what I do know is that I was a mom of one child. I thought I was a one and done for a while. Um, I was a mom of one child for 11 years before I managed to have more. And then I had two at once. And I look at the period when I was a mom of one to the period that I became a mom of three. And I do not recognize the woman who was before I had more kids. So I can only imagine if I felt that big a shift going from one to three, and I recognize it's a weird number jump. Twins are less common. But um, if I could recognize that shift in who she was of just being Abby's mom to becoming the mom of the littles and Abby, um, that was such a huge change. And I already knew about muconium. And I didn't. No uh, one warned me. <laughs> I know you're talking about your second things. your second round of children, but it was, yeah. this is the shocking thing is the things they don't tell you about those first few days of parenthood. <laughs> I was this I is, was in for it. You gotta ask yourself, would you believe it if they told you? Would you believe that black tar comes out of your tiny precious baby's asshole? <laughs> because it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean No, that's I remember it being in the hospital holding my brand new baby and she farted and I cried laughing because I never thought that I never thought about the fact that babies would fart. And it was like, so it was so surprised. Like it was weirdly surprising because I just hadn't thought about it. But that's, I think that's the thing too. Like what we're talking about babies is that like as parents, we can go, I didn't know any of this was going to happen. And we recognize that that's also our friends who are in the same stage of life who don't have kids. They're experiencing that from a totally different perspective. And if you are the first person in your friend group to have had kids, you cannot understand their perspective as much as they cannot understand yours. (laughs) And, but that's, I think it's so interesting because when you look at how our society views kids as a whole, they hate Mm -hmm. them. (laughs) <laughs> they do. They really do. We expect them to act better than we expect most adults to right, act. Right. And that's, you know, because when you have the babies, as you're, you're never going to sleep again. Your nipples are going to bleed. They stink. They puke. Your relationship is over. You're going to lose all your friends. And you get the toddlers. They're yeah. terrible, too. It's tiny terrors. You want to cause distraction. They, they still don't sleep. It's all awful. And like, but perhaps, perhaps we can recognize that they're just tiny little people. And yeah. They're just not good at being people yet. Yeah. And I know when I had my kids and they're little and, and everyone said, oh, they're, they're only this little once. Enjoy every second. I enjoy way more seconds now that they're yeah. older. They're, <laughs> right. So we can have conversations. They're funny. They tell me jokes. They get to teach me about things. They're not funny jokes, but it's funny that they're telling right. them to me. They, that's exactly what I meant. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the toddler years were hard. And some people mm-hmm. really adore those times. And I could look back with rose colored glasses, but I remember the isolation that I felt. And, you know, you would go to a family function or something and you still couldn't connect with people because you are just chasing, just chasing the little toddler around in a not baby proofed house. And it's all like nobody is is offering to help. And of course, we know that's not their responsibility, but it comes back to that idea of community in the village. And here's the thing is I can sympathize with that. Like, I don't want to feel, I don't want that mom to feel like I'm trying to parent her baby. Mm-hmm. 
And so maybe I'll just let that mom chase the baby around, but I feel bad, but I don't know what to do or how to help. But then when you're the mom chasing the baby, you feel kind of resentful because you're like, why did I even come here? This would have been easier to just stay at home. Right. Yeah. Like I could have been bitter there where my <laughs> child wasn't going to lick an electrical socket. Like <laughs> I could have been yeah. equally angry here. <laughs> yeah. And and it's so isolating because I think as a as a new mom, you're trying to grasp at reality because it's like you're in just a different dimension and so you are trying and it feels like a lot of your attempts are just squashed you know it's it's you're kind of on your own and that newborn period especially Hydrating doesn't have to be boring. Splash Refresher spices it up by putting fun and hydration in one because as a mom I already have my hands full Splash Refreshers are delicious, bright, flavorful, and available in five craveable flavors. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and a splash of sweetness for a hydrating and delicious beverage you'll come back to again and again. My favorite flavor is the lemon. Uh, it really does taste like lemonade, so I'm getting hydrated, and it just feels like I'm drinking lemonade. Splash Refresher perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. Available in five craveable flavors, wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange, Splash Refresher is there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. There's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. They are delicious, bright, flavorful, and hydrating, and zero calories, so you can have fun flavored water without any guilt. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. By the time baby number two comes, you feel superhuman. You totally have it all figured out. You got this. But then the reality sets in. It's more than twice the work and can sometimes feel like absolute chaos. It's obviously not always going to go right, but you'll take any opportunity to make it a little easier. The Honest Company has a new line of calming products for the whole family, so your little ones will go down easier and you can have a moment of honest relaxation. The Calm Collection is a line of dreamy and calming lavender products to help make you and your baby's bedtime routine smoother. They have lavender wipes to clean up sticky hands and messes, a calm lavender bath and body set that's both gentle enough for babies and soothing self-care for moms, lightweight lavender body oil to help wind down before bedtime, and fun purple printed pajamas made with 100% certified organic cotton. The sooner your little ones go to bed, the sooner you are able to relax. For a little while, anyway. Their Calm Lavender Collection is made with lavender essential oils that help calm babies before bed. And their super absorbent overnight diapers have up to 12 hours of leak protection. With a focus on sustainability and clean products, The Honest Company works with toxicologists at their in-house lab to create eco-friendly, safe, and effective products you can feel good using. Body products are naturally derived and designed for all skin types, while their diapers are made with plant-based materials that are ultra-soft and super absorbent. Good for your whole family? and your environment. Try Honest for yourself. Shop at Target, Amazon, Walmart, and Honest.com. Here's where I break down with the kid haters. I'm not even going to call them child-free because that is not the group we're talking about. Yeah, there's a difference. I'm talking about the kid haters who complain about babies on airplanes. Mm, or I have a rant about that. <laughs> I'm just, let, me, let me just totally interrupt you real quick. Hold okay. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, so do you remember back when like Facebook was like the only social media anyone used? And, yes. And everything was always on Facebook. And I would see these posts. I'm MySpace old. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, I'm that. also MySpace old. So, uh, <laughs> but on those Facebook groups and, and on the feeds and you would see all these posts of like, oh, this hero mom brought 
50 goodie bags for all the other people on the flight Fuck. with fucking upworthy yeah, shit. Right, with candy and earplugs. And look at this great mom just doing a service because they had the audacity to have a fucking child. What? On the airplane. Okay, like they're allowed to be on the airplane. You're a grown up. Like this isn't the why does mom have to do that too? Why do and because we know this, we feel this as parents. The it's almost like a shame when we bring our kids into public and we know they're going to act like kids. And you're like, I I have to worry about everyone else's feelings in this space. Why? Why? So I I understand why a mom would feel like they have to do that, but isn't it so sad that a mom would feel like they have to do that? Well, and there are times and places where as a mom, I absolutely okay. We are at everyone's limits, so we have we have to be done here. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave the store. The restaurant experience is over. We cannot recover from this, and we are being needlessly disruptive. Yes. Yes. There is a line. There is absolutely a line. But if I have to travel from Oklahoma City, where I live, to go see my grandparents, my children's great-grandparents, who are not long for this earth, I do not have time to drive there. I wish I did. Yeah. Because there's lots of cool country that I could see in between here. Take, I'm going to have to get uh, on an airplane. Days. Days. Because you can't expect a kid to, to do a 20-hour road trip. <laughs> Kids need to pee every like two hours. I have to pee every one hour, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to have to put my kids on an airplane. Now, granted, my kids are five and five and 16 at this point. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it. But if this had been a couple years ago, I would have gotten on that plane. In fact, I did fly with my littles pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. I flew out to Seattle just before COVID hit in late 2019. And the glares I got yeah. as people walked by me because where we flew, we were allowed to board early because we had littles, but every person you could see the walking on the plane, walking on the plane, sees two children and they would visibly deflate. And, and I understand oh. it can be annoying, right? I, I get it. Absolutely. Like we feel it too. We have to, I am right? more annoyed than anyone on this airplane right now. <laughs> but it's like, then I prefer... I prefer when I read the stories, not of the mom who felt like they had to put together a goodie bag to take care of everyone else's feelings. But when you see the stories of the grandmother who's not with their grandkids, but they see the mom with the crying baby and say, what if I rock her for a minute? That community, like I, that's what I like to see where, where people see the humanity in each other instead of saying, uh, well, you're the one who decided to have a kid. It's your problem. Well, yeah, it is. You're right. That's why I'm taking care of the kid. But I don't need you to make me feel bad that my child has feelings. <laughs> I long, I long for the day that I can step into this little like superhero role I have built up in my head. <laughs> when I am flying without my children, mm-hmm. when I'm traveling for myself and I see a mom with a baby here, come sit, sit with me. Yeah. Here. Come, come sit with me. Come sit next to me. I, I will hold your baby. Come yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. I'm here for you. Do you need I'm anything? A, I'm a beat up people who glare at you. Come here. No, we're not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna glare at the other people. I am your people today. Yes. I am your village. We are. Get we are here. community. <laughs> and I. And I think it's. We all want to do that for each other, but it's this weird thing where we feel like, am I allowed to? You're allowed to be nice to people. I'm going to just say that loud. If Karens are allowed to cause a ruckus, we're allowed to just be nice for no reason. And that motherfucker back there is not real. (laughs) Meme meme quotes. I'm sorry. Deep cut. Uh, (laughs) 
But that's, I mean, it's the thing when we do, when we bring our kids into public spaces, people don't, that's, it's important that our kids go into public spaces. Okay. Because how do you learn to be in public if you're never in public? And I can sit at home and talk to my kids about the way we behave in public and it can go really well. We can go out in public and we're going to do great. And then there's some days where like maybe it's after school, we're in post-restraint collapse and maybe they're a little wild and I'm reining it in and I'm parenting actively in public spaces. This is how they learn how to exist in public spaces. And I think we often feel anxiety and shame when our kids do have those wild moments where they're behaving like kids who have big feelings because we realize that people don't want our kids to learn how to be people they want us to just have full control and demand obedience. And oh, yes, that's not Blind how it works. Obedience. Right. Right. And that, I mean, and as pe- as adults, we have moments where we lose control of our feelings in in spaces that we don't want to. I mean, if I have to call a customer service line and I'm upset, I start that phone call with, listen, I'm very upset and I know it's not your fault. So I'm working really hard to make sure that I don't change my tone or be rude to you but i want you to know thing we've ever said on a podcast like i am not upset with you i know this is not your fault or in your control and i'm looking for help so if my tone is coming across more aggressive like you can let me know i'm just i'm trying my best here to not make my feelings your problem but i'll tell you what 90 percent of the time that i have that conversation with the customer service representative 98 percent of the time it is resolved for me or I am yeah. escalated to the point at which right. it is resolved yeah. and no one's going to be recording my voice and yeah. putting it to weird Minecraft jumping videos right. for Karen's Gone Wild. And I got my shit fixed. Yeah. I, I had a situation where I had to call customer service recently, right? And like a fraud thing on my account. It was a whole thing. And uh, so I, I'd called the, the place where the fraud happened and I talked to this customer service rep and we spent a few minutes on the phone and it turned out like they weren't the right person for me to speak to. And so through this call at the end, I was like, well, thank you so much for trying to help me. I appreciate it. Like, you know, just pleasantries because they, they tried their best and they're like, I'm actually, I'm not the person. And they thanked me six times. Thank you for being so kind. Thank you. And it's like, poor baby. I've been a call center rep too. Back to okay. This so is why we, we have the timer, friends. Hating, this we need to stop hating children and customer service representatives on the phone. Yeah. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get to enjoying some time in the sun, but springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have seasonal allergies. My husband has seasonal allergies. So from about April till June. We all sound like this just constantly. This is what we sound like without Claritin. It helps so much with being able to enjoy springtime and outside without running a water faucet for a nose. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Kids will be kids. I love and hate that phrase. Yes. Because kids will be kids is very true. When we begin taking our children to the grocery stores and the restaurants and the movie theaters and the weddings, um, we understand as adults how we are expected to act. Yes. Because we as children were taking to those places and we acted like kids and we were corrected by our adults. Some corrections were, you know, maybe healthier than other <laughs> other corrections, but but we were corrected. We were trained. And then as our brains came more online, we're like, oh, oh, this is why I have to act that way. Yeah. It's when you can access the empathy in your brain when when it's yes, when you can realize, oh, other people are important too. I am I am not entitled to the special treatment, but I am entitled to equal treatment here. Right. <laughs> our kids have to learn those same things. And our kids, specifically Tori and my children, are not being taught how to act at these places by threatening, if you do not act right, I'm gonna bust your butt when we get back out in this parking lot. Do you understand me? Never. This <laughs> my mine is uh if if you cannot keep your hands on yourself, right? Because they're I always say you can look, we look with our eyes, not our hands. They're, they're little, like so not not my oldest, obviously, but like my littlest, sometimes she gets a little grabby because they have all those things meant for kids to grab and try to get their parents to buy. <laughs> We're set up for failure. But I will say to my children, like, listen, we look with our eyes, not our hands, and that's where it starts. And if they are touching things, listen, if you cannot or put your hands on your belly. We're going to walk through with our hands on our belly so that we know where our hands are and they're supposed to be. Okay. And then if we have another issue, listen, if you grab things again through the rest of the store, you will have to hold onto the cart and stand right next to me. Do you know that's like, that is like horrible consequence to these children. I have <laughs> I to hold the cart. The horror. How will I ever survive? You know, but it's the constant communication and the active mm -hmm. parenting like because at the end of the day I do actually care more about my child's feelings than Steve in aisle three <laughs> yeah that's what it comes down to <laughs> so children are not allowed to exist in spaces because they might annoy people here's 
I'm going to tell a story. Oh, boy. When I learned how to cook, I was older than most. Um, and I, I, I did not like following recipes. I now know it's because I was undiagnosed ADHD, <laughs> but I would look at the recipe. I'd get three lines in and the words would just go swimming. And it only happened to recipes. Yeah. I didn't have dyslexia. I didn't have st struggle reading. It's just recipes. It's just the focus. It's the focus. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided for one of my very earliest dishes that wasn't like the frozen skillet, you dump it all in one. It's got the meat and little sauce cubes and the veggies. Those hit though, you know? I know. <laughs> the very first thing I ever tried to make was creamed corn. I did not know how to make creamed corn. I didn't know what this went into it. This feels like a thing it. that doesn't like take a lot It doesn't to end make. well, no. So you don't actually have to try that hard to make cream corn, by the way. I only had like four ingredients. Mine was frozen corn. Okay. Uh, butter. All right. Salt mm -hmm. and cream of celery soup. What? For some reason. This went sideways. <laughs> that, that's not right. Okay. It's not even remotely right. They start with the same letter. <laughs> I really thought you could take anything creamy and add it to corn to make cream corn. I see how you got there. I know. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Reasonable. So I made it and I was not at the stage where I knew to taste as you went. Mm -hmm. So I made the whole meal. Um, I put the cream corn on the plate and I served it to my friends and I took my first bite. It tasted like the way grass clippings smell. <laughs> it was truly... I've made a meal like that before. <laughs> it was so bad. You do not make but, corn. But did, corn you, with... did you stop trying to learn how to cook after that moment? No, because no. you know what my friends did? My friends went, oh my God, this is hilarious. You made grass corn. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Please never stop cooking. And they did tease me about it, but they teased me about it in a very healthy for me way. Mm -hmm. They absolutely reinforced, it is okay that you fucked up. The chicken you made's great. We're just not going to eat the corn. You're learning to cook. You even told us you've never tried to make this before. I understand. Yeah. I was in my early 20s and I was met with, you know what? You're just learning. There's a learning curve. Cooking's not easy and I you'll get honestly there. honestly would love to see people treat children like they treat people in their early 20s. Yes. Because the thing is, is when you're in your 30s and you look at someone who's in their early 20s, you're like, oh, they're like a baby adult. Right. Like you're you're learning how to be a grown up. Right. You're learning how to pay your bills. It's it's the starter pack for adulthood. I love this for you. You have to learn how to set up trash pickup. You have yeah. to learn how to set up auto pay on your bills. Well, I guess some people's parents teach them those things. I'm just talking about mine's <laughs> funny. But, you know, you, you have to go to job interviews and you have to mm -hmm. navigate all of these new things. It's a whole new world. And we have so much patience for that. Right. Because at least 20 something broke out. I, I'm responsible. <laughs> for fixing that? Like, at least a 20-something-year-old isn't a teenager because like, we know people hate teenagers. I was a teenager when I had a kid and everyone teenager looked at my... The living shit okay, but that song made a lot more sense when I was an adult, okay? And so but I was a teenager when I had my baby and my baby yeah. girl and everyone looked at me and was like, she's going to be a teenager someday. And I'm like, this feels mean. <laughs> like me? I fucking hope so. I hope we make it that far together. But that's when, when people are in their 20s, there's a lot more patience because people are like, oh, they're just learning, you know, like we got to give them some help. Mm -hmm. And if we could view kids in that way, you know, there is it's they also don't have the emotional capacity yet. Right. They're, they're still on their way. And as 
in our 30s. Like I am positive when I'm in my 40s, I'm going to look back at my early 30s and be like, boy, what was I doing? That's part of growing. We are always growing and changing as people and to just look at children and be like, mm, hate them. Why? Why? And yeah. why do you have to be mean to them? If, if you don't know how to have a conversation with a kid, I'm going to give you a really quick tutorial. Uh, you just say hi and then they're going to just talk. <laughs> That's it. You just smile and nod appropriately. You just make eye contact. <laughs> now and then you can ask a question. I, I went on a field trip with my kid last year. And we went to this farm and this little boy looked at me and he said, you can eat bolts if you got an iron stomach. And I said, really? That's that's neat. <laughs> and he said, yeah, did you know you're not supposed to eat crayons? I didn't know that. And I ate one. And I said, oh, did it taste good? He said, no, but I like to eat paper. And I was like, all right. Like, that's, <laughs> that's how you have a conversation with a kid. They're going to they're gonna have it for you. And you just have to, <laughs> just have to be there. And <laughs> just just kind of hold on. Yeah. Just, None you, of us, neither of us know where this conversation is yeah. going, but it's going to be yeah, fun. But I'm, I'm here for it. Like, tell, tell me more about that iron stomach, my friend. <laughs> like kids are is entitled to exist in the same space as us. Like they're, they're just as valid as adults. Now, I, I agree. There are and should be child free spaces. Absolutely, I want them as a parent. <laughs> and there's also places that are meant for kids that it would be really weird if I saw an adult there without a kid. You know, like right. what, are you, what are you doing here? But there, there are at that jump park. <laughs> there buddy. are child-free spaces, and I like I wouldn't bring my kids to a brewery. I know some people have, and I'm not judging you, but I'm saying like you know there are spaces where it is a little bit more taboo to bring your child there, and and I think people are are entitled to have child-free spaces, but to go to a fully public space like the grocery store, like an airplane, to not expect kids. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, their mom paid for their ticket too. Right. They, they're allowed to right. be there. <laughs> yes. Babies do not fly free, even if they're riding on your fucking lap. Yeah. That, that was our timer. Oh, that, that happened fast. I... And we're looking forward to talking to my kids later, honestly. This, this is <laughs> I want to hear some random stuff they have to say to me. <laughs> I happen to know a thing that they are doing at school, and I'm very excited to see how this is reinterpreted when they get home, because it will not sound anything like what I know is happening. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the telephone game. But anyway, continue sending us your episode ideas. Honestly, any interesting article that you want us to just read and then vaguely mention and then go totally off course. Vaguely mention, sort of trash. And then move on. Yeah, anything like that. <laughs> and your favorite mom fail, send it all to us, childproof at betches.com. Be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram. I'm at Mama Cusses. They are at Tori Phantom. And definitely follow Betches Moms as well. Don't forget that you can pre-order the Mama Cusses book, and we will put the link to that in our show notes. And so you don't miss an episode, be sure to subscribe to Childproof on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to leave us a rating on Apple and Spotify. We love hearing from you in all the ways. And remember, sometimes our kids are assholes. And sometimes it's us. And sometimes it's you. And sometimes it's you. You're the problem. Childproof is produced by Rebecca Salsmacap and Sean Kilby. Editing by Shannon Sassone. Social media by Lauren Salome. Guest booking by Allie Friedlander. Be sure to follow us at at Betches Moms on Instagram and send us your email at childproof at Betches.com.
Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy, perfectly blending refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. Available in five craveable flavors, there's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. My favorite flavor is the lemon. The mandarin orange is my favorite flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.